Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another MLB Extras Rockies podcast. I'm Tim McMaster. As always, joined by Thomas Harding, our Rockies reporter. Thomas, we're going to talk about award season because multiple Rockies up for season awards. And then we'll go on to get into uh, the other rumors and stories going around with the hot stove uh, upon us now. But let's start with the awards. And in the MVP vote at the end of the day, Nolan Arenado coming up short, Thomas. Probably not a surprise because of the competition he was up against, but still an impressive season. 38 homers, his sixth straight gold glove, a platinum glove added on top of that. Really a tremendous year leading the Rockies to the postseason for the second straight time. So when you look back at his season, this is the first time he's been this high in the voting. What was different about Nolan Arenado in 2018? Well, I think, first of all, the voting was different in that people recognized how good a player that he has been for a few years. I mean, you could have argued, especially last year, that he belonged in the race, even a couple of years ago. I mean, there was the year that he tied Bryce Harper for the lead in home runs, and he also hit more home runs on the road than at home, and he wasn't even a finalist. So I think there's a beginning of the recognition of what we've known for six seasons here, that Nolan Arenado the best players in baseball now obviously up against very good competition and certainly um the arguments for this year i think both guys um had arguments against nolan this season i mean it was a great season for nolan but it wasn't uh, otherworldly however you know what happens when a rockies guy has another worldly season people go well, gee it's course field so so it's kind of a darned if you do darned if you don't with nolan but still it's a big feather in his cap and in the cap of the rockies that he was a finalist for this award he also wins the platinum glove this year along with his high school teammate which i didn't realize matt chapman talk about a pretty good left side of the infield those two guys at the same high school arenado older than chapman but he got that this week as well so when you add an mvp to what was already a pretty impressive resume what does this all mean as far as the Rockies being able to re-sign Nolan Arenado to an extension? Well, I think it puts him at a premium when it comes to um, potential salary there. And I believe the Rockies recognize that. They've been talking to him really pretty much throughout. And this is what I like about it. Rather than them um, trying to lowball him or say, hey, you need a... Uh, you need a hometown discount here. I really believe that when they discuss it, they're going to discuss what would it take to sign Nolan Arenado on the open market and see if they can match that. If they can match it, I expect him to be locked up in this uniform for a few years. Uh, you see in deals with with 
opt-outs at the end of them. That could certainly help the Rockies and help Nolan if he wants to go out on the market later on. But um, I think that there's a pretty good relationship between the two. Now, is that going to equal the dollars that it takes to sign a guy who's an MVP and six-time gold glove winner and platinum awards and silver sluggers? And I think every precious metal, metal possible. I'm not sure, but at least uh, I, I think that they understand each other. <clears throat> Nolan understands that he's one of the best players in baseball, and I think he understands the Rockies are trying, and the Rockies, they have to look at this. hey, this guy is one of the very top players, if not the top player in baseball, and we have to compensate him because we realize what's possible on the open market. And the defense plays home and road, and his splits aren't crazy like some players in the past have been either. So he deserves the credit for sure. Now, he's being recognized. You mentioned it. You know, he gets in into the top three as far as the voting goes for the MVP award. This is a guy that the Rockies would love to keep in Colorado for a long time. Um, but if he was ever kind of an under-the-radar guy, he's not anymore. How tough is it going to be for the Rockies to sign him long term? Um, it will be tough in, the, in, in this respect that uh, he recognizes who he is, a generational third baseman. There haven't, been, there's, it, it, there haven't been very many great third basemen like this to go out on the open market. So I think the Rockies will have to compete with that. What could he make on the open market? Um, there is a good relationship between Nolan and the club, and I think that helps with negotiations. But I think ultimately you can't really look at this as a hometown discount situation you have to look at it as um player and team recognizing what this guy means at his position really in the history of the game and trying to compensate that if the rockies can figure out a way to make that happen then i think they will sign him to a long-term deal if not then i don't think they would begrudge nolan to go out on the open market after 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 the season and see what's out there i really don't see the rockies just stealing him because they can't sign him right now for this reason. This team is close to winning a World Series. I mean, if you look at it, and this, a, a lot of times when people when a when a team claims out of the playoffs like the Rockies did, you don't realize how close they are. But they tied the Los Angeles Dodgers in wins at the end of the regular season. They had never won a division championship, still haven't. But this is a team that's pretty close. So th their best chance right now, unless something really amazing happens is to try to win the World Series with Nolan Arenado. And then good luck leaving, Nolan, if you're a World Series hero. That'll make it even trickier. And easy, maybe even there'll be some sentimental value there that helps them keep them locked up long term. All right, the other award was the Manager of the Year Award. Uh, Bud Black ended up against Craig Council and Brian Snicker. And Bud Black coming up short. For the second straight year, he was a finalist. The problem this year, I think, Thomas, was that unlike a year ago, when it's your second time nominated, I think people immediately drift towards the other guys that were kind of surprises. And you think about Craig Council and the Brewers getting as far as they did. Obviously, this is just regular season, but to be able to do what they did in the Central. And then Brian Snicker with the Braves way ahead of schedule. I think Bud Black was kind of the, the underdog from the start. But that, does, that shouldn't take away from the season that he was able to lead the Rockies to. Right. If you look at um, last season when Bud Black was a finalist, it was won by Dave Roberts of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, people talk about a payroll bias, a big market bias, that seeing that, that the award tends to go to somebody from the smaller market. So last year, if that was true, 
that would have been Bud Black's year to win it, considering a team that hadn't gone to the playoffs in a long time, and then he ends up taking them to the postseason. So he didn't get it last year, Everything, and, and it went to Dave Roberts. I'm not catching an aspersion on Dave Roberts. Now this year, you've got, uh, you've got a couple of teams. Really, the Braves were the real surprise team of the year because they looked like they were a long way from contention. Frankly, last frankly, Milwaukee almost made the playoffs last year. Guess who kept them out? The Colorado Rockies. So, um, you know, it, it seemed like the timing for Bud Black has been just odd with this thing. Um, all the things that that help another guy win it, they didn't help Bud Black. But you're right; it doesn't take anything away from him. They were eight games out on June 28th, and they had the best record in the National League from that point on. They ended up playing in a playing game against the Dodgers, or I should say. A, Game 163 against the Dodgers, team that had never won a division. They came that close to winning one, team that had never gone to the postseason two straight years. Bud Black arrived last year, and he's taken them two straight years. So there's certainly no argument with the job that he has done here in Colorado. What were his biggest strengths in 2018? I think just the ability to keep things calm. Um, there were a number of, uh, the, there was June where the starting pitching, which is the kind of hallmark of this team right now, just totally imploded. And that's why they ended up eight games out and it looked like the season was done. Also, you look throughout the year, there were there, there were a couple of slumps by Wade Davis where they ended up losing some games that they just should have won. I mean, the type of games that are kicks in the stomach. You look in um, September, they started a road trip to San Francisco and Los Angeles, one and five, and people were saying, this team is completely out of the race. There is no possible way. He kept an even keel throughout that whole thing, and it was a team that won nine of its last 10 games up to game 162 to get into the postseason. I think they wore out a bit traveling uh, for the for the tiebreaker game and then the wild card game and then into the playoffs. I think that they wore out a bit late. Um, also, this was the worst batting average of, of a Colorado Rockies team in its history. And you would think that in order to win, they just have to beat you to death with the bats. Well, they not only had the worst batting average overall, but it was the lowest batting average on the road. Guess what? They won the most road games they've ever won. Last year, they tied the record for the most road game and that tells you that Bud Black has stepped in here knowing a, a lot of the negatives in the history and saying, we're not going to succumb to that. I've managed in this division before. I know how to run a team through a season. I've been through some disappointments myself with the San Diego Padres. So this is a guy that I think he, he has gotten rid of the kind of schizophrenic nature that this franchise has had, a lot of it because of the home road thing and also the pitching struggles. Now he's got a very good starting pitching staff, and he's able to work the team through some of the ups and downs that tend to occur. Thomas, you talk about the strength. Well, we talked about a little bit about Craig Council, and obviously one of the things that the Brewers did this year uh, was the use of that bullpen, and they got into the playoffs and they bullpened a little bit. Um, and we saw what the Tampa Bay Rays did this year with a lot of bullpenning all year long. And, and, and uh, Kevin Cash did a great job with that. This Rockies team is just not built that way. You have a feature out on the story right now. Um, led the National League with 932 starter innings pitched. And this kind of makes me happy because maybe I'm a little bit of a traditionalist. But I like a five-man starting rotation. Um, and, and we're seeing teams get away from that. But the Rockies... 
seem like they're heading in a direction with this young core where they have no interest in bullpenning. Here's what they did was a few years ago they decided that they were going to throw as many numbers as they could at the starting pitching situation. They were going to develop as many starters. They were going to draft them, trade them before they got to the major leagues because I think that there there is a uh, uniqueness about pitching at Coors Field, and you have to develop a mindset and also a style of pitching. And they've stuck with that. They've stuck with who they are. Um, the, here's, what's, here's what I find interesting about it is I think that what happened this year, I think we're overstating the trend of it. Because if you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, what it was uh, Woodruff and Peralta, they're breaking in a couple of rookies there. And I think that had something to do with the strategy. You look at Tampa Bay, even from spring training, they're like, where are fourth and fifth starts going to come from? Let's start working out a way to get through this. If Tampa Bay develops more pitching, I really believe they're going to go back to a five-man rotation. You look at the Dodgers. Yeah, they use the bullpen a lot, but now that Walker Bueller has passed his injury and he has some experience in the league, I, I think he's going to be treated kind of like a Clayton Kershaw. And if they have enough guys around them, they will go back to the traditional way of doing things. Yeah, in the playoffs, you use starters differently. You use them on their throw days. But I think that's more circumstantial. And that was one of the things that Jeff Breidich brought out in that article, more circumstantial. One of the reasons why the Rockies lean a little harder on starting pitching is they realize, and you've seen this throughout the, the life of the franchise, you have a bad start or heaven forbid two bad starts at the beginning of a long homestand, your bullpen is shot for the rest of the homestand. And Bud Black, um, after managing last year, and if you look at it, what did he do last year? He would shift a guy like Antonio Senzatella or Kyle Freeland um, into the bullpen. Herman Marquez, he, he pitched some out of the bullpen also for them, then went down to the minors. They did a lot of things to to try to get a young staff through the season. Once the staff matured, he went into this year thinking, hey, I need to get another inning or so out of the out of the starters I have. If a starter's struggling, he may need to wear it for that night because I can't let, uh, let one day ruin an entire homestand. So part of it is strategic to lead on the starters. And I, and, and I think that the bullpen, I, 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 deep down, I believe it's slightly overrated. We will see for sure. I agree with you. I like the starter and sending him out there. And, and if he's if they're good enough starters, they're going to give you big innings. And I think it makes it a little bit easier to to handle and to set up your bullpen later in the game. It is funny, though, Bud Black's so good with the bullpen. You wonder how effective he could actually be if bullpenning was the way to go for the Rockies. But they're not headed that way. It's a great young rotation that it looks like they're going to be able to rely on for a number of years going forward and hopefully get back to the postseason for a third straight year. Great stuff, Thomas, as always. Uh, thanks for joining in. This has been the MLB Extras Rockies podcast for Thomas Harding. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. <laughs>